want to jump into this. I'm excited about this week's uh, lesson, Transformed by Emotional Health. Father, we thank you that this word is blessed. We thank you that your presence is already here. And we just give you praise in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we, we've been using as a as a text scripture, and I just want to uh, read this to you real quickly in Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but what? Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. So there can be no transformation without a mind renewal, right? No matter how many times you go to church, no matter what goes on, if there's no mind renewal, there can be no transformation. Then you will be able, then, 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 once that's done, then you will be able to test and to prove, approve what God's will is. His will is three things. It is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. The will of God is good, it is pleasing, and it is perfect. I love that. Uh, definition, let's, I want to look at two definitions real quickly before we dive into this. And this is going to bless you today. While I was uh, praying about this service today, the Holy Spirit just said, just yokes are going to be destroyed today. Emotional bondage is going to be released off of you. Some of you have been carrying the weight of emotional bondage for years. And today, as you open up your heart and your spirit, God's going to begin to break that yoke off of you. Amen? You receive that? Uh, the defining emotion. Emotion is, and I love this definition, a state of mind deriving from one's circumstances, mood or relationship with others. So when we talk about someone's emotion, we're talking about emotional health, we're talking about your emotion is coming from or deriving from circumstances. <laughs> circumstances. Circumstances. So uh, when I read that, I said, all right, Lord, so we, we need to understand that, that whole concept of circumstances and not allow our circumstances to control us. Because if we can stop allowing circumstances to control us, we can grab hold of our emotions. I'm, I'm going to let that just sit there for a minute. Circumstances, somebody called you right now with news, a circumstance came up that would control your whole emotional status. Example, hate, love, fear, happiness, etc. Those are emotions. Emotional is affected or determined by emotion rather than reason, and it is governed by your emotion. So a person that is emotional is a person who was controlled by their emotions, and now we know that your emotions are put into play by your circumstances. I, I, I didn't even read a scripture yet. I'm preaching this already. This is, I, I, and so why, when, we, when we're talking about getting control of your emotions and not being emotional, it all goes down to not allowing your circumstance to dictate how you feel. Gosh. And that's the trap that the enemy constantly plays with us because he, he, he loves to play in the sight realm where he loves to uh, mess with your senses, whether it's through information that you hear, information that you see. But his intent and his motive is to present to you circumstances to cause you to be emotional. And when you are emotional, you cannot hear properly from God. Let's look at the scripture. I love this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Write that scripture down. It says, come to me, all you 
who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It is not the will of God for you to carry the weight of your emotions. Now, you are human, all right? Let's not be crazy, right? We're human. So, so, so we are emotional beings. God gave us that when you are worshiping God, your emotions in his presence, right? So, so there are good things for the emotions, but the enemy wants to control your emotions for his benefit and cause you to be weighed down with hate, anger, you know, all those things that are the negative part of the emotions rather than happiness, joy, excitement, those are also emotional things, but you can't allow circumstances to control your emotions. Because if everything's great, you ever met anybody, everything's great, they're great. And the minute they get some news, forget it, you don't want to be anywhere near them. Right? Why? Because they're as great of a person as they are, their emotions are controlling their environment. And if the enemy knows he can use your emotions to control your environment, then he knows he can control you. Look at the scripture real quick in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 in the Message Bible. I love this. Are you tired? Man, emotional emotions can stress you out. I, I, I mean, have you ever, I, I, if you're weary, I mean, being an emotional person can weary you. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? <laughs> Come to me. Get away with me. Get away, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest, man. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Man, that's a promise. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I mean, who wouldn't want to be saved after just reading that scripture alone. I mean, we're not talking about all the great things, the other things that salvation brings. Just based upon this scripture, he says, you're wearing yourself out for no reason. He said, but if you learn to live in my presence, he says, man, I'll help you live free in lights. Where you be going, I mean, how, how could the three Hebrew boys be put in a furnace and yet be confident? Why? Because their circumstance did not dictate their God. The same God that was in control before you got the phone call is the same God that's in control after you got the phone call. Come on. The same God that was running things before you got the doctor's report is the same God that's running things after you got the doctor's report. Come on here, somebody. The same God that was there when you had 20000 in the bank is the same God that's there when you got $20 in the bank circumstances don't change my praise. I can praise him with $20,000. I've learned to praise him with $20. Come on, y'all quiet. I'm almost done. Come on. I, I, I can praise him with good news, but I've learned to praise him even when I have bad news. Because what? Circumstances don't dictate my gods. Oh, y'all ready to go eat? I know it's, it's like it's late. I mean, I, I, I mean, don't let the devil wear you out, tie you out, burn you out. That's his assignment in your life. And you're so tired, you can't praise God. You're so tired, you can't pray. You can't spend time. He got you worn out. Some of y'all, y'all face like y'all worn out. Just worn out. I mean, he done whipped some of y'all so good all week. You come to church, I'm here, pastor. Come on. We serve the God of the universe. The hairs on your head are numbered. Some of mine is leaving, but it's numbered. Man, it's just, 
He knows every hair on my head. It is numbered. Look at this. Let's look at four things real quickly. We're we, we almost there. Four steps towards emotional health. All right? So I, I, I want to make sure that this series is, series is not just preaching about, but it gives you a how-to as well. That's important to me. Uh, number one, reveal. Don't hold your hurts. This is going to get heavy, I'm telling you. Reveal. Don't hold your hurts. That's not Dr. Phil. This is scriptural. Don't look at a scripture in a minute. Watch this, because we all have stuff that happened to us. Whether somebody offended us, whether it happened when we were young, whatever it was, we were violated. A lot of things going on. And we hold that stuff on the inside of us. And that stuff becomes dangerous to our development in Christ. I love this scripture right here in Psalms chapter 39, verse 2. It says, but as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. Wow. As I kept quiet and I would not reveal it, I would not deal with things, the turmoil in me got worse. Being quiet about how you were hurt does not make it better. It makes it worse. He says there's some things, that's why people are making millions of dollars being psychiatrists because it is not healthy for you to hold stuff in. If you're angry, get it out. Now, don't go slap nobody. What I'm saying is you, 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 you got to have, go, go pray, go call somebody that you trust. It's not going to take your business all over the world. Come on here, somebody. But he says, holding stuff in only creates more turmoil, and it makes things worse. There's some things that we've never dealt with. There's some unforgivenesses that we've never dealt with. There's some issues that people have created in our life that we have never dealt with, and we refuse to speak about it. And as a result of us not speaking about it, things are growing worse. You're trying to make it look like it's getting better, but inside there is turmoil. Man, have you ever been there before? I know y'all all perfect and deep now, but I've been there. Psalms 32 verse 3 says, when I kept things to myself, I felt weak deep inside me. But you know this is in the Bible? My goodness. I moaned all day long when I kept things in myself. I did not release it. I didn't reveal that hurt even if you don't have nobody to talk to, talk to Jesus. Admit to yourself. Admit to yourself. I'm, you know, people go, I'm good. You ain't good. They hurt you. And then sometimes I've gone to Jesus and said, listen, I'm, I'm hurt. Man. I, I, I didn't like how that felt. I don't like how they talked to me. I don't like how that felt. I don't like being in this position. I, I, I got to let this go. He says, give me your burdens. Come on, let, 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 let me take care of it. I don't care if it was family, if it was friend. He says, don't hold it in. Don't keep it because holding that stuff in keeps you weak. It's not healthy for you to do that. Look at somebody and say, let it go. Number two, release those who have hurt you. Now, one, you're revealing those, those things that hurt you. But number two, you have to release those who have hurt you. Don't give people that much power in your life. That's power. That's power. I'm never going to forgive them. That's power. You are giving them a position in your life forever. That's what unforgiveness does. It creates a position in you for that person forever. I'll never forgive them. And that thing will always be there. And the enemy knows how to use that 
in order to keep you in turmoil. Forgiveness. I know you get quiet when I start talking about that stuff. Look at this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. It says, let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, which means passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, which means anger, animosity, and quarreling, and brawling, and clamor, and contention, and slander, and evil speaking, abusive, blasphemer language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, and baseness of any kind, and become what? Useful and helpful and kind because you can't be useful holding anger inside in unforgiveness. Today, your freedom of emotional health will be released when you let that person go because when you don't forgive, you're holding on to that person and they have the ability to hurt you over and over and over again. Man, there have been some people that I had to go to prayer in order to let them go. There's some people that you're going to have to let go today because your freedom, what God has for you, bitterness can't go into that place. There's no room for bitterness in that dimension, in that realm. There's no space there. It can't fit there. So, so there are going to be some people, and it's not about, well, you don't understand. I, I may not understand, but I can tell you, I think we all have our testimonies. I mean, if I was the pastor, Mike, I'm sure, man, oh, I, I, oh we're going to try to outdo each other on our hurts and our pains, uh, and we may not have done anything, but the point is, at this point, it's not about them, it's about you and what God has for you, and there's no one that's too big or big enough to stop anything that God has for me. He says, become useful because you're not useful when you're bitter. Become helpful because you're not helpful when you hold oughts. And kind to one another. I love this. Tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, loving, loving-hearted. Watch this. I underline this. Forgive one another readily and freely as God in Christ has forgiven you. Wow. He says, watch this. You're not going to be hurt once. Readily means get used to this. You should try being a pastor. Wow, get used to this. Get, he says, hey, this is going to happen often when you're dealing with people. Hurt people hurt people. And there's times when you've hurt people. There's times that I've hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. That's why you have to stop being hurt so you can stop being somebody else's offense. Man, are you getting that? you got to stop being hurt because hurt people only know how to hurt people. And you become somebody else's offense. And hey, to make it even bigger and better, he says, hey, don't forget, you needed forgiveness. I, I, I know that you think you're perfect. I know you did everything right in your own mind. He says, but hey, Jesus had to forgive you. He had to die for you and your errors and your mistake because your sins offended him. Your unrighteousness offended him. Your, your, your way of living contrary to the word offended him. He says, so hey, get used to Get used to forgiving people. Because guess what? Until you learn to forgive, that test is going to keep coming around and around and around. God, they keep doing the same thing because you keep holding on to it. And now you've named it. And now you feed it. And you own it. And you've embraced it. But today, God is going to free you from that thing that you've been holding. Come on. And it's been holding you back and not allowing you to move forward. You got to see that what God has for you is bigger than what you're holding on to. 
I love this. Uh, this was in the, uh, uh, in the John Hopkins uh, Medical uh, um, Chronicles. And it says, studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health. Lowering the risk of heart attacks. Now, this was not in John 3 and 3 or Genesis 8 and 8, because y'all don't believe it if it's in the Bible. So this was in a secular uh, 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 medical magazine. It says improving cholesterol level and sleep. See, some of us, it's not, it's not that we're being tormented by demons. It's that we won't forgive somebody else is why we can't sleep. Some of your sickness is not rooted in it's the devil. No, sometimes it's just you won't let go. <laughs> I knew it could be quieted. Okay, all right. Uh, 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 and reducing pain and blood pressure and levels of anxiety and depression and stress and research points to an increase in the forgiveness health connection to age, to how long you live. It says there is an enormous physical burden to being hurt and disappointed, says Dr. Karen Swartz, director of the Mood Disorder Adults Consultation Clinic at John Hopkins Hospital. Chronic anger puts you into a fight or flight mode. Have you ever met somebody who lives in a fight or flight? They're either ready to run or they're ready to fight. They just can't stand still and be quiet. <laughs> Some of y'all, that's me, that's me, yeah. Which results in numerous changes in heart rate, blood pressure, immune response. Those changes then increase the risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, among other conditions. Forgiveness, however, calms stress levels, leading to improved health. My gosh. He says, you are jeopardizing your own health when you don't forgive. Y'all quiet now, man. Last piece, it says forgiveness, and this is all by John Hopkins Medical. Forgiveness is not just about saying the words. It is an active process. Man, this is good. This is almost like preaching from the Bible. And which you make a conscious decision to let go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. Oh. Yes, they deserve to get a hit by a mat truck. Yes, we all agree. But the enemy will use that in order to kill you. Forgiveness is not about saying, I forgive, but I won't forget. I hate when people do that. I forgive, but I won't forget. Then you didn't forgive. Because true forgiveness, the word forgive, that's why repentance is, so, is such a strong word. Repent means to turn away from. I mean, if I turn my back on it, I can't see it. I can't view it. I can't touch it anymore. So if I forgive you, then I can't hold it and forgive you at the same time. So he says this. Watch. I love this. He says it's not just words, but it's letting go of negative feelings, whether the person deserves it or not. There's a scripture in the Bible. I didn't want to put on it. I don't want y'all getting all in, in, uh, you know, self-righteous. The Bible says vengeance belongs to him. I was going to put it on there, but I said, I don't want them getting all happy. Yeah, get them, Lord. No, no, I don't, I don't want you doing all that. See, because I, I don't want you having that mindset that your forgiveness is motivated by God killing them. <laughs> I'm going to forgive them because vengeance is the Lord's, and he's going to get you. I hope you don't sleep tonight. You know, people do stupid stuff like that. But I think about how many times I've, I've friended people knowing, unknowingly, and thank God his grace for me was big, and he had mercy on me. And how many times have you heard people and he had mercy on you, and his grace was big enough for you. Are you hearing me here, somebody? I'm going to move on because your face is saying, move on, pastor. You're hitting me. 
Look at somebody and say, forgive, 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 forgive. Now look at somebody. Come on, let, let's make them feel a little good. I beat you up. Let me make you feel good. Say, I, I, I know they did you wrong. Come on. Just look. I, I know they did you wrong. But forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. They, they didn't know how great you were in God. They didn't know. But God will use that to process you. That's a whole other message. God will use that hurt to process you. He'll use that hurt to drive you closer to him. He'll use that hurt to get you. I mean, sometimes the hurt made you pray more. The hurt made you turn down your plate. The hurt made you seek the face of God. Man, there's so many days if I wasn't hurt like I was hurt, man, I wouldn't have prayed. It made me pray. But don't let the hurt define you. Don't let the situation define you. Two more. Three, replace old lies with God's truth. You got to replace old lies with God's truth. This book in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. You cannot be transformed without looking the way you think. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 25 says, keep vigilant. Watch over your heart. Watch, this is important scripture. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. This is a good scripture. Avoid careless banter, white lies, gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all the sideshow distractions. Man, that's some good stuff. Ignore all the sideshow distractions because the enemy knows how to get your attention off of what it's supposed to be on, and you get distracted by the sideshows. Watch your step. The road will stretch out smoother for you. Look neither to the right nor to the left. Leave evil in the dust. Don't get distracted by the sideshows. And when you're on assignment, the enemy knows how to frustrate you with sideshows. I can't make it a church because there's a sideshow going on. I can't pray because there's a sideshow going on. I, I can't turn on my plate because there's a side. I can't commit to God because there's a sideshow going on that has my attention instead of me focusing on what God would have for me to focus on. The enemy loves to distract you with sideshows. I mean, he's a pro at sideshows. Have you ever been to the circus? I hate the circus. Because there's too many things going on at the same time. And I remember the last time that I went to the circus with my kids and Ringling Brothers Barman Circus, thank God they went out of business and we're sitting there at the Nassau Coliseum in New York and there's three big rings in the middle and everybody doing something different and I'm looking over here and, and Uriah and them start saying, Dad, look over there and then Ray's like, look in the middle. I don't like that. I, 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 I like a play where I can be focused on what's in front of me. I don't like all the side shows. That's what the enemy does, keep you going back and Come on, come on. He keeps you going back and forth between sideshows. Before you know it, everybody's moving but you. Because you're distracted by the sideshows. It's like, I hate rubbernecking. If you don't drive, you're like, what is that? Do they use that term in Philly? I don't know. Rubbernecking? Okay. Y'all are like, what's that rubberneck? So if you're sitting in traffic for an hour and you're driving, and you're saying, man, that must be a bad accident. You get up there, and the accident's not even on your side. The accident is on the other side. It's everybody paying attention to the sideshow, and I got somewhere to go. Right? But, but, but their attraction to the sideshow is causing my delay in where I'm supposed to go. 
and, and, and you got to stop one you got to not be distracted by the sideshow, and you got to stop allowing other people to get you distracted by the sideshow. You got to stop hanging out with the Jonas that was distracted by the sideshow. And the storm came, and oh, everybody almost got thrown off the ship. Ignore the sideshows. The last one is refocus on the future. Refocus on the future. Emotional health. Refocus on a scripture uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. says, when someone becomes a Christian, I love the scripture, he becomes a brand new person inside. He is not the same anymore. A new life has begun. Man, Pastor, you don't know what I've done in the past. You don't know what it is. Refocus on the future. You don't know how many times I've been hurt over refocus on the future. Oh, I was abused when I had a child. I get it. It is hurtful. It's painful. And God's going to heal you. But refocus on the future. Don't let those things define you. Well, my family dogged me out. I get it. Been there. But refocus on the future because the enemy wants you to be distracted with the sideshows and not focus on what he has for you to do because you're a new creature. He said this in Jeremiah 29, 11. I love the scripture, the last scripture we're going to read for the day. I know what I have planned for you. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any more planning than that. I don't plan to hurt you. I'm not trying to hurt you, God says. He says, I know sometimes you are hurt, but I'm not trying to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. Man, does it get any better than that? I plan to give you hope and a good future. But you got to let go. Get rid of the luggage. Get rid of the luggage. Remember the last time that I was flying a couple weeks ago, and I went to get in a plane, and I knew my bag was too big for the, uh, the fit inside the plane. But I dragged it on anyway. And I was one of those people who tried to stuff it inside. You know, everybody's looking at you. You're trying to stuff it inside. You're trying to carry luggage with you that was not designed for you to carry. Man. Why, 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 why are you carrying luggage that God never designed for you to carry? There's no room for it. There's no space for it. You're carrying luggage that God didn't design for you to carry. So today, what you're going to do is, when I go get my luggage from the carousel, I look over to the right, there's always a lot of luggage that either got lost or left. You're going to leave that baggage right over there. Come on. You, you, you're not going to walk out of here with that piece of luggage yeah, where, 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 where the abuse identified you and your identity outside of that piece of luggage, you don't know how to survive or how they treated you now became your identity. That's not your identity. Your identity is in Christ. You are a new creature. He's made you brand new. Come on, that does not define me. That doesn't define me. It's a part of me. It made me stronger. Yes, I can now have compassion to other people that are going through that same thing, but that is not me. I am in Christ, and Christ is in me. I am a new creature. So circumstances, I want you to close your Bibles, can no longer control me. 
circumstances, watch this, don't just mean present circumstances. Some of us are being controlled by past circumstances. Man. Sometimes we think circumstances controlling us means, well, what goes on now, but there are circumstances that happened in the past that are still dictating our relationships. There are circumstances that happened in the past that are still dictating our relationships. I remember, and I've told this testimony before, and we're going to pray. And Ray and I first got married, and God gave me her. He gave me everything he had. He just gave me his best. Man, every day, I tell you, every day I tell her, I thank God that I married you. Every day, every day. I don't regret one day of being in love and marrying her. But I tell her, when we, we tell a testimony when we're helping other people, and I said, you know, when we first got married, there were some, and I, and I, and I also tell other young ladies that we mentored, there was, when, she got, when we got married, there were some things uh, uh, that she was hurt from as a young lady. You know, her mother passed when she was nine, raised by uh, uh, not her father, someone else, and, you know, her father now is coming back into her life in a more forceful way. But, but, but there was a lot of hurt there, a lot of pain there that kept coming into the relationship. And we had to pray to identify what it was. And God revealed it to us. And then we begin to pray, and we begin to pray, and we begin to pray, and we begin to pray. Because what, what happened? Because that, that circumstance was defining her present And, 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 and that's why it's important for you to be praying, people. Or, uh, and I tell you, ladies, have a man that can pray because a man of God has the ability to break that off of your life and destroy that stronghold off of your life. Otherwise, it'll carry all the way through with everything that you do. There's something that we carry all the way through, all the way through, and we don't let it go. But once we identified and God showed us what it was, Man, we went, we turned down our plate, we fast, and, and man, God broke that thing. I mean, broke it, broke it, broke it, and we've never seen signs of it since. What? But, but, but you got you to gotta get to, root, to the root of stuff. And there's some of you that have unhealthy relationships, whether with your family members, with your kids, whatever it is, because there, there's, some, there's some, you're looking at the symptoms, but there's some roots. Gosh, there's some roots we got to deal with. There's some abandonment issues we got to deal with. But the first thing you got to do is be honest and reveal the hurt. Yeah, I, I, I've been stepped on a couple of times, Pastor. I know, I, I, I've been neglected a couple of times. It, it's, it's, it's bothered me. I, I, I've had rejection issues a couple of times. It's bothered me. Some things in my life that I've gone through that Ray and I have had to pray so that we can touch and agree that it can break off of my life. Because there's things that you gotta let, stop letting follow you in everything you do. Everybody's not out to hurt you. Everybody's not out to destroy you. Come on, come on. He says, I have plans for you, and I don't plan to hurt you. <laughs> I mean, that's good stuff. I, I don't plan to hurt you. Come on, I love you so much. I don't plan to hurt you. That means I'll move the hurt people out of your life. I don't want I, I love you so much, I'm not going to let anybody else hurt you. Oh, come on. 
Come on, I'm not going to let anybody else hurt you. If you love somebody, you don't want to let anybody else hurt them either. So if I'm not going to hurt you, I ain't going to let nobody else, ain't nobody going to talk to my wife any kind of way. It ain't happening. If I don't talk to her that way, you ain't going to talk to her that way. Come on, come on. Is that going to happen? I'm I'm, I'm a peacemaker, but the Brooklyn will come out if you don't just like, uh, you know, it, it, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Why? Why? Because <laughs> I have to protect her. Watch this. Because I'm not going to hurt her. I'm not going to. If I feel that way, how does God feel about you? How, how protective is God when it comes to your emotions and your feelings? He's not going to let anybody hurt you. So get all that stuff that was there. It happened. Yes, circumstances happened. But today, God wants to heal you from those things. I want you to stand to your feet quickly. I love these three things. God's will is good. It is pleasing. It is perfect. And this transformation series is about pushing you into the will of God. Getting you into the will of God where things are good, where things are pleasing, where things are perfect. But you need to be healed from things of the past. And Jake, if you just come and just play something soft for me. Uh, I, I, I want you to, to, to quickly walk yourself through these steps and and say, man, Pastor, there's some things I know that I need to be healed from. There's some, some doors of offense I need to close. Some are current circumstances, but a lot are past circumstances. And they are dictating my moods. It's causing me to be emotional. It's causing me to miss out on godly connections and godly relationships because everybody is villainized in my eyes because I look through the eyes of my pain. I view everybody through the eyes of my hurt and my emotions are all out of whack. They're all messed up. But today, there's a man by the name of Jesus who's going to lift that burden, who's going to take it off of your shoulder Day, he's going to set you free. But I want you to lift your hands up while you're standing here, and I want you to just begin to talk to the Lord. I want you to begin to identify that thing, things that some of you have told no one ever, 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 but I want you to talk to the Lord today. I want you to tell Jesus, I don't have to give you a mic and you tell the world, but I want you to talk to Jesus today and say, you know what, I, I, I'm still hurt from that, God. I, 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 I'm still angry. I'm still upset. And I need, you to, I need you to take this anger and this hurt. It's getting in the way of my progress. I, I, I'm, I'm, at that time I was rejected, I'm, I, I'm, it, it's hurting me. It's messing up all my relationships, my friendships, my family relationships, my relationship with my, with my spouse is messing me up. I, I need you to take this from me. But you got to be honest with yourself first because until you reveal it, you can't let that person go. And there are people that were in your past that created circumstances that today you're going to leave them at the altar. You're not going to bring that back home with you. Because it is not the will of God for you to be hurt and to be full of pain. And guess what? After today, God is not making room for you and your hurt anymore. He's not making room for you and your hurt anymore. He only has room for, your, for you and your future. But the things that represent your pain that you're holding on to, oh man, who, who was more hurt than Jesus? 
I mean, his disciples betrayed him. I mean, Peter denied him. I mean, he fed him. He did all. Who was more hurt than Jesus? But on the cross, he said something that was so profound. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that as an example. Father, forgive them because if they only knew that them trying to hurt me is making me better, it's making me stronger, they think they're really hurting me, but God, all things work together for the good for those that are in Christ that love you. And today, God, I thank you that you're, God, you're not making any more room for my hurts. I will no longer identify myself according to my afflictions, although they may be many. I'm not going to, I will only identify myself through Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I will no longer identify myself through my pains and my emotions. I will no longer allow it to tell me who I am. My feelings will not tell me who I am, but your word will tell me who I am. Some days I wake up and I just don't even know how to get out of bed. Some days I feel heavy. Some days I feel oppressed. But God, I, I, I'm not moved by my feelings. You said in your word that you love me. You said you have a plan for me. You said that you do not desire to hurt me, but you have a good future for me. You said I'm the head, not the tail. You said I'm above and not beneath. You said you love me so much that you died. You sent your only son to die for me. That's real love. I thank you that I'm not defined by my feelings or emotions, but defined by your words. For what's more powerful than your words? You've shown it through your actions. Today, I thank you for what you've done. As, as Jake just sang something for me, this is what I want you to do. Whatever that is, and watch this, this is going to get really deep. Whoever it is, I want you to bring that person or that thing and I want you to leave them right here at the altar. I want you to literally bring it and just drop it there. You, this is symbolic of you leaving it here at the altar so you won't have to take it home with you today. There's luggage. It's so heavy. It's so heavy. Unforgiveness is so heavy. The pain is so heavy. But today, you're going to leave it at the altar. This flight that you're about to get on, there's no room for it. Don't stay in your past holding on to luggage. But get on the flight so he can take you to your future. For it's bright, it's great. Let's just worship for a minute. And I want you that will, just leave your seat and just, just bring it and drop it. Just bring it and drop it. That's the Dana, just bring it and drop it. Just leave it there, the weight. That's it, just bring it and drop it. You just, just, just bring it and drop it. Whatever it is, just, just leave it there. Don't take it back home with you. 
Whatever the offense is, whatever the pain is, whatever it is, just, just leave it there. Whatever it is, Lord, just leave it there. Just, man, my bag is heavy. Peter, just leave it there. He says, you know, you don't have to carry this bag anymore. You don't have to carry this bag anymore that's been keeping you up at night. You don't have to carry the bag anymore that's been keeping you sick. You don't have to carry that bag. He says, if you just leave the bag there, I'll take the bag. That's why I died. I'll take the bag. That's why I died. I died to take all. I became whatever it was. He says, give me your weight. I'll give you my joy. Give me your tears, I'll give you my laughter. Gosh, give me your pain, I'll give you my happiness. Give me your confusion, I'll give you my clarity. Come on, let's talk to him.